0: Grace and mercy and peace be with you from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. We've been waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting. In Advent, it's all about waiting, preparation. We've been gathering under this theme called, I can't Wait. We've been looking at different characters in the scriptures. People who were asked to wait for God's word and promise to be fulfilled. And some waited better than others. Waiting. My son Max, who's six, said to me the other day, he said, Dad, I feel like when I know something is coming... I I I when when I, when I'm excited about it he said I feel like it makes time go a lot slower. <laughs> and then he corrected himself and he cuz he thought about it and he said, "Wait. No. No, if, if I know that something is coming and I'm excited, I think that makes time go faster." And then he came back to his own mind and he goes, Actually, I don't really know which way I feel about it. <laughs> sometimes I think I'm excited. Sometimes I think it makes it go slower. Sometimes it goes faster. I think that's the reality that we all have, right? We, we know something's coming, we, we get excited about it, and we, sometimes time goes faster, and then sometimes it just feels like it's dragging on. We've been working our way around the Advent wreath, this being the fourth and final Sunday. Of Advent, talking about how when Jesus comes, when Jesus is present, this is what Advent means. It means coming. When Jesus comes and is present, he brings hope, he brings peace, he brings joy, and Jesus brings to us love. This fourth candle, this fourth week, it's all about love. Love, that's what it's all about. Today, we heard from Luke chapter 1, and we're going to focus on, on Mary today. In Mary's time of waiting, we'll hear today how Mary waited with love. Those of you who are parents, do you remember when you found out that you were going to be having your very first child? remember how exciting that moment was when you found out you'd be having your very first child? There's something special about that. Not that you you kids who are second born and third born and fourth born and subsequently born in your family, don't worry, you're all your parents' favorite children, all right? Let me say that. But there's something special for parents about finding out that they will be parents for that first time. I still remember when my wife Abby and I found out that we would uh, be having our first child and we did like any parents do in this modern era and we made it Facebook official. And so to make our announcement Facebook official, this is what we did. I don't know if you can tell, that is a nine pound, 20 inch long zucchini uh, dressed up in a onesie because we thought that that would be funny. And uh, I don't know if it is. I thought it was funny. A funny, funny thing about this, though, when our daughter was born, she had almost the exact same stats as that zucchini. Just a little bit bigger, a little bit longer, but pretty close. That was a good-sized zucchini. So this is, this is what we do, right? We find out we're going to have a child. And there's excitement. There's anticipation. We want to let the world know. We anticipate The birth of children, we look forward with excitement, and Mary did the same thing. Mary did the same thing. We read today Luke chapter 1, beginning at verse 26, and it began with these words. It said, in the sixth month, if you open up your Bible and actually look in context, what this is saying is it had been talking about Mary's relative, Elizabeth. And Elizabeth was old in age, and she now was also pregnant with, here's your pop quiz, with John the Baptist, Jesus' relative. And so what this is in reference to is in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy with John, the angel Gabriel came to Mary, and he found Mary, this young girl. And he said to Mary, the angel said, a messenger from God said, Mary, you will have a child. You will give birth to the Son of the Most High, you, Mary. And so Mary, like all mothers, had to wait. She had to wait those nine months for this pregnancy to unfold. She would wait. But she knew in that waiting that she would be the mother Of this child. As parents, when we anticipate that birth of our children, looking forward with eager anticipation, while we wait for the child to be born, we oftentimes wonder. We wonder. I don't know if you remember this, but with all three of my children, I I remember wondering. Wondering things like what color hair will they have? Wondering, wonder what kind of personality they'll have. Will they be funny like their dad? That's funny? No, that's not funny. Ah, man. Wondering, wondering, will they like the same things that I like? Wondering, will we have a good relationship? (laughs) Wondering, will these children be born healthy and well? Wondering... Who will they marry? What what kind of jobs will they have? Wondering all of these things, we wonder in our time of waiting what those children will be like. Now Mary, perhaps she wondered the same things, like would Jesus have a beard or not? I don't know. She may have wondered some of these things, but Mary, she knew. She knew a lot about this coming child. Do you remember the song... Mary, did you know (laughs) that's your baby boy? Sorry, I went back and forth between like lullaby and rock version there. So I don't know, choose your version. But the question in that song over and over is, Mary, did you know? Do you know what kind of child you're going to have? Do you know who this is? I tell you what, the scriptures are clear. Mary knew. Mary knew a lot because the angel Gabriel, the messenger from God, told her very clearly who this child would be. Gabriel says five things about this child in Luke chapter 1, verses 32 and 33. Now, I want to look at these five things today. Here's what Mary knew about the child in her womb. Number one, he will be great. It's a simple Greek word. There's no explanation for it, but it just says he will be great. The Greek word means uh, he'll be significant, he'll be important, right? He'll be great. The second is, he will be called the Son of the Most High. I need to pause here for a minute. This is significant. Uh, The Most High, that reference, is a reference to uh, Yahweh, we would say. Yahweh is the Hebrew name for Israel's God, the one true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator God, this God that they worship and adore. Most High. This one in Mary's womb would be the son of the Most High. And in, in uh, Jewish thinking, when you say the son of somebody, that, that terminology means in Hebrew thinking that the son bears, um, is like a carbon copy of the father. The, the, the Hebrew thinking is that the son is like a, an identical uh a carbon copy of his father, that he bears his father's qualities. So the son of the Most High is saying, "Mary, in your womb is God Himself, the very God in your womb." The last three kind of all go together, and they actually harken back to our Old Testament lesson today. You can write it down and go look at it again. Second Samuel chapter seven in which God had come to David and made a promise, a covenant to King David a long time ago, that from David's lineage, through his throne, through one of his descendants, that there would be a throne that would last forever, that one of David's descendants would reign on this throne as king reigning over the people of Israel, and the throne and the kingdom would never, ever end. Those are words from 2 Samuel 7. So when Mary hears these words, your son will reign on the throne. He will be the son of the Most High. He will reign over the house of Jacob. Immediately, the Jewish people, they knew about the Messianic covenant to David. And so in Mary's mind, she's thinking to herself, yes, I know that a king of Israel will be born from David's line. I understand that. Mary, in this context, she doesn't doubt it. She doesn't question that fact that a Messiah is to be born. Her only question in all of this is, how could it be me? This is Mary's question. She receives all this word, and yeah, she's afraid of it, but the angel speaks clearly to her, and her only question is, how could it be me? How could it be me? Mary says, how could it be me that is carrying this child? How can it be me? I'm a a virgin, she says. At this point, Mary is betrothed to Joseph. In their culture, this is sort of the same as an engagement period, but it's uh, actually more significant than our American understanding of an engagement. It's actually a betrothal was understood as basically a legal marriage already. It's just that a betrothed couple did not yet live together until their wedding ceremony, at which point they would consummate their marriage. And so for Mary and Joseph, they were still living apart and she was still a virgin. And so Mary's question, Mary's question is is not doubting God's word, not doubting the promise of this coming Messiah. She doesn't doubt God's word but she wonders can god's word live in me can god's word live in me that's her question how can it be me that was mary's question but i think a lot of us that's our question too how can it be me a lot of us ask this question about ourselves how could it be me how could god have any purpose for for me how could God love me even though I sin and fail all the time? How? How could God love me? Not only that, but we ask the question, God wants me to, to do what? God wants me to not just come to church, but to be a follower of his in the world? God wants me to be a disciple God wants me to continuously learn about His Word and not only learn about it for myself, but to speak His Word to others? God wants me to be His mouthpiece in my neighborhood and in my workplace? Me? How could it be me? We ask that question. We don't doubt God's Word. We don't doubt His activity. But we wonder, could God's Word really be living in me? The angel Gabriel came to Mary with a bold message and he said, Mary, greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. The Lord is with you, Mary. And so Mary receives this word and she waits. Like all expectant mothers, she waits and she waits and she waits with love. Mary waits with love. Think about it like this. What do we say about Mary? Even the scriptures say Mary was with child, right? That's kind of the terminology. Mary was with child. Well, who is that child? God. And who is God? Love. And so where is love taking up a body? In Mary. And so love is in Mary True love itself, and Mary waits with love. Literally inside of her, Mary waits with love. And I want you to know today that true love has come to you. True love has come to be with you, Jesus is. With you, in you, around you, for you. True love has come to be with you. There are many sitting in this room, many of you joining us online, struggling, trying to put on a brave face, but knowing deep inside that this year has been tough. And our minds and our spirits have been affected deeply. The statistics are unbelievable, the amount of people battling issues of the mind, mental illnesses, diagnosable or not, many of you in this room and joining us online are carrying deep, deep levels of stress and worry and fear anxiety, and all-out depression. And I'm particularly concerned about these issues. And I want you to know that these are very, very real in the way that you are feeling and grappling with this world. It is real. But I have to tell you today that true love is with you. Jesus is with you but many of you are feeling like the world is out to get you. You're feeling alone and isolated, silenced and oppressed. Darkness feels dominant. Hope seems to be slipping behind the horizon. I want you to know that true love is with you. Jesus is with you. You don't need to go looking for true love. He has come for you. One thing that has saddened me so much in this world is to watch how quickly people are to hate and how slow they are to love. I think what we've been seeing be unraveled and uncovered in our world is the shallowness of people's love for one another. When difficult issues arise, divisions run deep. What if we as God's people changed the tune? What if we were quick to love and slow to hate? If we did that, we would actually be living like our God who the scriptures say is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. What if I told you That the people that you've been struggling to love, Jesus loves them. (laughs) There are people in our lives that we, and I know that you know this, have been quick to hate, quick to judge. What if I told you right now that Jesus loves those people just as much as he loves you? Does that change your attitude about them? What if I told you and invited you? What if you saw Jesus' invitation to love with him? See, a lot of times we talk about loving like Jesus, but do you know that Jesus actually invites us to love with him? Jesus invites you along as he's loving the people that you're struggling to love. He says, love them with me. Love with me. When we love alongside of Jesus, with him, we will even more so experience the depth and breadth and height and length of the love of God in Christ Jesus for us. It is not a shallow love. The love of Jesus is indescribable, it's unconditional, it's everlasting. This is the kind of love that God has for us that he would come for us in the person of Jesus Christ to rescue and redeem us broken, sinful people. Mary showed what it was like to live with love, for true love was inside of her. She carried God in the flesh. The God who is love became love, embodied love, demonstrated love, and gave love love to the people who thought love had run out on them this is who god is he goes to extreme lengths to love those deemed unlovable by the world so if you my friends are feeling unlovable right now know that true love has come for people just like you And those people in your lives that you've been struggling to love, true love has come to be with them, and that love has invited you to love with. We love with Jesus. My friends, we are so close to celebrating this birth of Jesus Christ. The anticipation is nearing by the minute. Jesus will come He will come again in glory just as he came once in the manger and when he comes again. All the hurt, all the anger, all the hatred, all the pain, all the sickness, all the death will be no more. This is what Advent is all about. Man, I cannot wait. I can't wait for Christ to come again. But as we wait, we wait with love. Like that expecting mother and father. Sometimes we wonder what it's going to be like when Christ returns. But like Mary, we know a lot. We know that the pain will be gone, the anger will be gone, the hatred will be gone. All we will know is love and life of our Father who created us and loves us with an everlasting love forever and ever. We wait now. And we wait with love because true love has come to us. I want to close our time together in a word of prayer. Would you please join me? Let's pray. Oh, Father, you are so, so good. You are sovereign. You are powerful. Your love for us is awesome, it's indescribable. Lord, I pray today for my friends who are struggling the men and the women and the children listening to these words, they've had a hard year, Lord. Our worlds have been turned upside down. We've been attacked. We've attacked others. We've been quick to hate and slow to love, but you, Lord, you are slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love for us. Oh, Lord, may we simply bask in your love. May we soak it up. May your love be found in us May we testify to the world of your love, of your greatness, of your everlasting throne in your reign, King Jesus. Because your kingdom is a kingdom of love. We are residents of this kingdom. Children of you, our one heavenly Father. Oh, Father, may we live in your love. May we share your love. May we wait for your return of love. For you, Jesus, are the King of love, now and forever. Amen. Amen.